Namandavitsu, 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 Please join me in Gashel. I reflect within myself the universal vow difficult to fathom is indeed a great vessel bearing us across the ocean difficult to cross. The unhindered light is the sun of wisdom dispersing the darkness of our ignorance. Thus it is that when conditions for the teaching of birth in the Pure Land had matured, Devadatta provoked Ajatasatru to commit grave crimes. And when the opportunity arose for explaining the pure act by which birth is settled, Shakyamuni led Vaidehi to select the land of peace. Watashi nari ni kangaite miruto, omoi hakaru koto no dekinai, amida butsu no hongan wa. わたるデバダッタがアジャセをそそのかして Great. Well, once again, good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be here with you in this way uh, on Zoom on uh, this uh, slightly rainy morning uh, and at a time when, uh, you know, we're seeing the cases of COVID-19 are surging uh, now here in California. Uh, it's been uh, all over the country here and there. It seems to kind of die down in one place and then pop up in another. Uh, here in California, uh, the cases are becoming uh, more and more widespread. The situation is becoming more and more serious. And so um, the topic that we're exploring this week uh, in the teachings of the Buddha is uh, this idea of being in contact with things that are unpleasant. The Buddha teaches that this is one of the eight kinds of difficulty or suffering that we face uh, in our lives unavoidably. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about separation from the things and the people we like. We've experienced plenty of that this year. Also, now, contact with things we don't like. For me, the one thing I don't like is walking around all day with this on my face, right? I've gotten kind of used to it, but see, I don't know if you can tell, my glasses are fogging up right now uh, as I'm talking. 
right? So whenever I wear a mask, not only is it difficult for me to breathe, it's hard for people to hear me, but it's hard for me to see, right? So this is something that's right there on my face, right? One of many things that I'm in contact with um, these days, all kinds of restrictions uh, in terms of what I would like to do, all of these rules now that I have kind of stuck onto my life that we all have, that uh, I think we appreciate the need for, but we still don't particularly like or enjoy, right? But all of this to avoid something that we really don't want to be in contact with, which is, you know, the COVID-19, the coronavirus. Um, I've spoken with some of uh, my, my friends uh, who have contracted the virus. And I mean, talk about something, talk about having an pleasant experience, talk about having something in your body that you don't want to be in contact with. Uh, it can be a painful, uh, frightening illness, you know, difficult to breathe, uh, fits of coughing so badly that people actually uh, told me that they kind of wind up passing out. Um, so, you know, it's a very, very unpleasant illness. But I think we have to ask ourselves, would we say that it's evil, right? In Buddhism, uh, sometimes we use these words, good and evil, but is, is the virus itself, it's bad, we don't like it, but is it, is it evil in itself, right? In Buddhism, we don't, we don't really think about things in that way, right? We think about, well, what makes something good and bad? So often, it's our way of, of thinking about it. It's our way of experiencing it that makes something unpleasant for us, that makes us wish it would just go away, right? So the Buddha himself, he dealt with many unpleasant experiences and unpleasant people in the course of his lifetime. One of the most uh, unpleasant people that the Buddha had to deal with was his own cousin, Devadatta. Devadatta, right? We talk about Devadatta sometimes. Uh, Devadatta was, grew up, he grew up with the Buddha. So they grew up you know, knowing each other, spending time with each other through their childhood, young adulthood. And as the Buddha became more and more prominent, Devadatta became more and more jealous of the Buddha. He said, I want what he has. Look at all these people respect the Buddha. He receives generous gifts from the king, from uh, all kinds of people, uh, from very lowly people to people who have great wealth. They all shower praise, affection, and generosity on the Buddha. Boy, I sure like that. And I bet I could use those gifts better than he does. The Buddha just takes the gifts and shares them equally with all of the Sangha. He doesn't take hardly anything for himself. Well, I, could, I think I could probably come up with better ways to use all those gifts. So he started to think, how can I take over the Sangha? And he became uh, somebody who created a lot of unpleasantness for the Buddha. On one occasion, the Buddha was walking down a path, kind of at the bottom of a hill, and Devadatta rolled a giant boulder down the path, trying to kill the Buddha, right? The Buddha uh, was able to see it coming. He was traveling with a group of his disciples, and they said, look out, look out. And he was able to move just in time, but the boulder rolled over his foot, right? He was bleeding, and he was in great pain. 
He was, he must, I can't imagine. Could you imagine a giant boulder? It's like having your foot run over by a car. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's never happened to me and I don't want it to, to ever happen, but had this incredibly painful experience. And it's the other disciples, they were so mad. They're like, oh, who did this? Oh, we gotta, you know, we gotta take revenge. We gotta do something. They were so angry. The Buddha remained calm. Even though he must have been in incredible physical pain, in that moment, he showed his companions, he showed his disciples that even when you're experiencing something physically, it's very, very unpleasant. It's possible for your mind to remain perfectly calm. If the light of wisdom shines brightly in your mind in the way that it shined in the Buddha's mind. Right? So Devadatta, he didn't give up there. Said on another occasion when the Buddha was traveling through a market, uh, receiving alms, again with a, a following of his disciples, that Devadatta, he unleashed an angry, angry elephant. He found an elephant in the, the, the king's elephant stables and he switched the elephant's water with very strong wine, right? So the elephant drank up all this wine thinking it was water. Elephant didn't know any better and became very, very angry and very aggressive and came charging out. He broke through the stables. He was charging through the market. Everybody ran and scattered trying to avoid this unpleasant experience of a charging elephant. What could be more frightening, right? Big tusks, strong legs. But the Buddha alone, in that moment, he remained calm. He stepped into the center of the path. People shouted, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, world honored one, get out of the way, there's an elephant coming. And the Buddha, in that moment, he let out a powerful cry that he had heard from the queen of the elephants when he was practicing in the forest. He let out a powerful cry and the elephant stopped in its tracks and looked to the Buddha. And the Buddha said he walked up to the elephant and just gently touched it on its nose and it bowed down, bowed down before the Buddha and became calm in that instant. Again, the Buddha showing that in a frightening, difficult, dangerous situation, it's possible to remain perfectly calm if the light of wisdom shines in our minds. Right? So Devadatta didn't give up here. He continued, continued, and he thought, well, if I can't get the Buddha directly, then I'll get him through his friends. So he befriended the son of the king Bimbasara. Bimbasara was a great patron, a great supporter and friend of the Buddha. King Bimbasara and his wife, Queen Vaidehi, would regularly invite the Buddha to the palace to teach the Dharma to them and to the other uh, people there uh, in the royal family. And so Devadatta, he got close to King Bimbasara's son, Prince Ajatasatru. He started to kind of give him some ideas. He didn't have the best judgment, right? He said, you know, just think you were to become king, what would that be like? Think of all the power you could have, right? He started telling Ajatasatru all kinds of stories about things his parents had done, things maybe his parents had done to Ajatasatru. Oh, you know, your parents, when you were a baby, they dropped you off a tall building. That's why your finger's crooked, right? 
all of these stories he started to tell Ajatasatru and turned Ajatasatru against his own father. Right? Devadatta was very clever. He was very manipulative. Right? And so hearing all of this, then Ajatasatru, he agrees to capture his own father and he throws him in jail. He throws his own father in jail and he gives him no food, no water, nothing. He says, let's just leave him there, see how long he lasts, right? And we all know, you know, people can go at most three days without water, maybe a week without food and stay alive, right? So after two weeks, about two weeks, Ajata Satru asks, what has become of my father? Expecting that his father would have died at that point. And his ministers, they report to him, well, actually, your mother, the queen, has been visiting him every day. She brings him food through her makeup. She puts on makeup that's a thick paste of flour and ghee, of butter. She brings in her jewelry. She has lots of sweet juice that she brings. And so he's receiving nourishment. And the Buddha is sending disciples to him who marvelously appear in his room to teach him the Dharma. In that moment, when he heard this, Ajatasatru became so mad that he grabbed his mother and he pulled out his sword. He was about to attack his own mother, to kill her with his own sword. When his two close ministers, Chandra Prabha and Jivaka, Stop. There have been many cases of a prince who has killed his father to become a king. This has happened many times in the past. There's never been one who was so wicked as to kill his own mother. If you do this, we're going to quit. And you can try to run this country by yourself. And then Ajatasatru, in that moment, he realized what a grave mistake he was making. So he threw his own mother in jail, right? Rather than... To, to attack her with his sword. And so as she sat in jail, she thought, who can help me in this moment? There's one person who remains calm no matter what, one person who is wise, and that is the Buddha. So she called upon the Buddha, asked him, please send one of your disciples to come and teach me and to help me. And not only did the Buddha himself appear, but he came with Mahamudgayayana and Ananda two of his closest disciples. And as soon as the Buddha arrived, by day she threw off her jewelry and she bowed down and she was weeping and crying. She was so sad in that moment, so disappointed in what her son had done. But being in the presence of the Buddha, who was always calm, she too then began to feel calm. The Buddha just being there with her brought her peace of mind. And so she asked the Buddha, she said, thank you for coming. Just having this encounter with you, I'm able to see the truth. I'm able to receive peace of mind. But what about people who are not able to meet you in person? What about the people who will come into this world after you are gone? What about them? What can we do to help them? And so the Buddha, in that moment, he said, I will provide you, I will share with you a teaching. This was a teaching he'd, uh, he'd taught on other occasions, but he said, I will share with you a teaching 
that will bring peace to all beings who face difficulty, who have unpleasant experiences, who have great challenges in their life because that is the nature of this world. And in that moment, he taught her, taught her about the world of Amida Buddha, this world of enlightenment. And he taught her that if you wish to encounter this world, it's not far from here. You need only say, Namo Amida Butsu. Even the people who are in the most difficult situations, people whose minds are just scattered everywhere, in terrible pain, terrible stress, all they need is Namo Amida Butsu. And the peace that you receive here today from spending time with me, that will be shared with anyone who says these words, Namu Amidabutsu, because in the words Namu Amidabutsu, we feel the presence of the calm Buddha, the Buddha who remained at peace even when a giant boulder ran over his foot, a Buddha who remained calm even when there was a charging, enraged elephant coming right at him, the Buddha who would go out to help those in need without hesitation. So Vaidehi, having received this teaching, then she is uh, eventually, Ajatasatru sees the error of her ways, he lets her out of jail, but his father has already died. King Bimbasara has already died. And he comes to regret this so much that he becomes very, very sick becomes very sick. And it's interesting, Vaidehi, having heard this teaching of the Buddha, her mind has been changed completely. She's become one who is at calm, who is at peace, who lives with this compassion of the Buddha. And so even though her son had done all these terrible things, her response is to go and to care for him in those moments of his. He becomes so so uh, remorseful that he becomes physically sick. She goes and she spends that time with him, present with him, because she has received this peace of mind from the Buddha. So as we face many difficult and challenging experiences in our lives, we can always turn our minds to the Buddha. We can always hear these words, Namu Amidabutsu, this teaching that the Buddha provided to Vaidehi in her moment of greatest stress, this teaching which transformed her life and helped her to attain that peaceful mind of the Buddha who in the midst of contact with all kinds of unpleasant things, physical pain, an obnoxious cousin, all these challenges with Namu Amidabutsu, were able to receive that mind of great peace. And so Shinran Shonin, when he thinks about this story, he thinks in gratitude. He says, it is thanks to Devadatta. It's thanks to Ajatasatru. It is thanks to Queen Vaidehi that we're able to hear this teaching of the Nembutsu. So if we view the world in the light of the Nembutsu, as Shinran Shonin views the world, then we come to see that even the most difficult and challenging circumstances also can carry an opportunity to transform our lives. Right? It was through that experience of being imprisoned by her own son that Vaidehi heard the Nembutsu teaching that she brought about that teaching for all of us. 
So in our times when we face challenges, many of us are facing a really difficult time right now. If we open our minds to the light of the Buddha wisdom, we may see an opportunity to provide care for someone in our lives. Maybe there's a conversation that we can have with someone. Maybe there's a way that we can change the focus of our everyday activities so that we experience greater peace of mind. And this is the Buddha's wish for us, expressed in the kindness that he showed to Vaidehi, the kindness then that she showed to her own son, Ajatasatru, the compassion that Shinran Shonin encountered and passes on to us in these words, Namu Amida Butsu. So uh, I'll conclude uh, my words at this time. Uh, let us hear this Nembutsu in the midst of all that's going on in our world today. May we find the peace of mind from hearing the Buddha's great compassion. Please join me in Gasho. Namu Amida Butsu. 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 Namu Amida Butsu.